بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء ومرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين من تبعهم إحسانا إلى يوم الدين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته So inshallah ta'ala we continue this youth session and today we're going to mention or talk about how the youth can establish themselves upon al-istiqama how the youth can establish themselves upon al-istiqama meaning being upright being upright and with that we take a look at some advice from a Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah This is a article or some advice that some years back I translated as an advice for the youth. <clears throat> so the question was asked, what is your advice for a youth at the beginning of the path of, of brightness? And the response of the Shaykh, rahimahullah, was our advice for this youth who is inclined towards correctness, inshallah, are the following. First, that he ask Allah for firmness constantly and for correctness. Once again, that he ask Allah for firmness constantly and for correctness. And the constantly is something that I added for emphasis. It's a it's not what the Shaykh had mentioned but it's something that I added for emphasis. And the reason being because as Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, the wife of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama and the mother of the believers, she said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama used to make the dua frequently, Ya muqallib al-qaloob, thabit qawbi ala deenik. O turner of the hearts, please place my heart firmly upon your deen. So, this is the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who made this dua constantly, consistently. She said there's no dua he made more than this one. And of course we have another narration of Um Salama who said that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say every morning at the Salat of Fajr, Allahumma inni as'aluka ilma nafi'a, rizq tayyiba wa amala mutaqabila. Oh Allah, I ask you for beneficial knowledge, good sustenance, and actions that are accepted. So, <clears throat> There are several du'as that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to make frequently, and one of them is the one to ask Allah for firmness <clears throat> upon the deen. So it's something that is consistent. And from the etiquette of du'a, is that you uh, be persistent and consistent in repeating your du'a. You're consistent and persistent. So you repeat the du'a and you. You ask Allah with certainty, not with any kind of uh, doubt or any kind of um, you know uncertainty. You ask Allah as if like it's something that is destined for you. And Allah Taala alam. <clears throat> so the first advice that the Sheikh he gave the the uh, for the shabab for the youth is that they ask Allah for firmness consistently and for correctness. 
being correct in their deen. <clears throat> and this is something that's important as it relates to advice to the youth because the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was, he paid close attention in giving advice to the youth. As we know, the narration that's found in the 40 ahadith of Imam Nawi, wherein the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mentioned to Ibn Abbas, when he said, Ya Ghulam, Ihfadullah Yufatak. You know, O oh young man, be mindful of Allah and Allah will preserve you. And of course he said, shall I teach you some words? He said, be mindful of Allah and Allah will preserve you. So we see here he's advising Ibn Abbas in his narration. So the Prophet wasallam paid close attention to advising the youth. And it's our jobs. It's the job of those who are uh, older than the, some of the youth, because, because we know that the Shabab are to the age of 40. But those who are, you know, in their maybe mid-20s and their 30s, they should be, they should be advising those young, young men, those teenagers, should be advising them. And those, those brothers who are in their mid-30s and so on and so forth, they should be advising those brothers who are in their 20s. And those brothers who are in their, in their 40s, they should advise those brothers in their 30s. And the brothers who are in their fifties should advise their brothers who are in their, and like this. It should be constant advice for the youth, for the Shabbat, because to the age of forty, this is when a man becomes a man. <clears throat> so the advices are important. And this is how the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and the companions to do. In fact, the, these young men, their their nephews, they will use terms like Ibn Aqi. You know, nephew, which means nephew or son of my brother. Although they were not related, they used these terms of endearment for these youth. The second advice the Shaykh mentioned, he said that he read the Quran in abundance with reflection because the Quran for him will have a great effect on the heart. And I made a mistake here by accident and I put a Arabic letter there in place of an E by mistake. He said that it will have a great effect on the heart when the person reads it with reflection. So the second advice is that the person read the Quran in abundance. But not just read the Quran, but re with reflection. This is why Allah says in the Quran, this is for those men of understanding. For men of understanding. And for those who reflect. The Quran is for reflection. Reflection. Because when you reflect upon the Quran, you will truly know that it's from Allah. You would truly know that it's from Allah, and you would know and understand that the Quran is something to be acted upon, not something that's to recite. Because many people, when they teach the youth the Quran, they teach it from the aspect of memorization and recitation, which is important, no doubt. But the Quran is something to act upon, it's something that we live by. It's a book of guidance, it's a book of life, it's a book of life. It has every answer that we can seek. As Allah said in the Quran, if you, if you, uh, they, the law is not provided, um, sorry. Yeah, they cannot ask a question that Allah is not provided an answer for. They cannot ask a question that Allah is not provided an answer for. So Allah Himself mentions this in the Quran. So the Quran, He said they should read it in abundance, with reflection. Because the Quran for Him will have a great effect on the heart when the person reads it with reflection. The third advice for the youth that the shaykh mentioned, Rahimahullah, that he restricts himself upon sticking to obedience 
and don't lean or become lazy. For indeed the Prophet sought refuge from being weak and lazy. As we know the authentic narration of the Messenger وسلم, he make dua from being in debt and being overpowered by men. From being in debt, from being lazy, weak, and being overpowered by men. So the third thing that he advised the youth with is that he restricts himself upon sticking to obedience and not lean or become lazy. Meaning being lazy and being a worshiper of Allah, being obedient to Allah. <clears throat> For indeed the Prophet ﷺ sought refuge from being weak and lazy. And this is something that is a struggle for all of us. And especially for the youth. Sometimes the youth may be lackadaisical or lazy and they worship with Allah. Maybe lazy. Fourth, that he restricts himself upon making friends with the best companions and be far from accompanying the evil companions. Once again, four. Shaykh Muhammad bin Saleh Uthimeen Rahimahullah, when being asked about his advice for the youth at the beginning of the path of uprightness. He said, for that he restricts himself upon making friends with the best companions and be far from accompanying the evil companions. And this goes back to the narration of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, found in Riyadh al-Salihin. Other than that, where he said that الرجل على دين الخليل فينظر أحدكم يخالم and his other narrations are similar that a man is upon the deen of his friend let him look where he takes his friend so the messenger said فينظر so look so we should investigate who our youth are taking as friends and in fact Shaykh Saleh Afawzan he mentioned there in the Memlik of Saudiya. We're talking about in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Saudiya. We're not talking about in the lands of the Kufar. We talk about in the place where Islam and Tawheed is being established. He told, he advised the parents to be careful of some of the places you let your youth go. So what about in the lands of the Kufar? He advised the parents in the lands of the Tawheed, in the land of Saudiya. He said... Be careful where your kids go in some places. Because why? They may meet evil companions. So they should restrict themselves upon making friends with their best companions because the Messenger Sallallahu mentioned that a person is upon the deen of his friend. So let him look where he takes his friend. <clears throat> let him look. Also the Salaf said there are three types of friends or three types of companions. One is like food one is like food the other is like medicine <clears throat> and the third is like a sickness the scholars say there are three types of companions the salaf used to say there are three types of companions one is like food the second one is like medicine and the third one is like an, an ailment they say as relates to the one who's like food this is the one that you need at all times. Because like food, food keeps you healthy and alive by Allah's permission. And they say this is like the scholars, the ones who nourish you. As it relates to the second type, those who are like a medicine, 
You only need them sometimes, meaning when you're sick. So when your soul is sick, you will need some advice, some, some reminders. When you feel your man being low, then you need this kind of friend who always reminds you. Being in that person's presence always reminds you of the deen. So it's like a medicine, it heals you. And the, fourth, the third companion is the one who's like a sickness. They say you never need this one. You never need this kind of companion, ever. So there are three types of companions. One, who's like food, in which you need at all times. <clears throat> and it's like the scholars, who nourish you. The second is like one who's like medicine. You need him only when you're sick to heal yourself. And the last one is like an ailment, which, which you never need. So this is, relates to some additional points I wanted to add to what the Sheikh mentioned about the fourth companion. As it relates to the fifth companion, or the fifth advice, I'm sorry, he said that he advised himself while it has an effect, effect upon him. And that it says to him in his soul, Indeed, this is long range, long term. The path is long. Therefore, advising himself with firmness. Because the Jannah is surrounded with deception. And the Nar is surrounded with desires. So the Shaykh said the fifth advice, the person's soul should admonish itself. It should let him know this is a long path. It's nothing that is quick and easy. It's nothing that's going to come in haste. Like the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Salama said, as found in the Hadith that's found in the Bhulug Maram, put together by Ibn Hajar Asqalani, who died in 852 after the Hijrah. He said that, that rush, rushing al-ajalamin al-shaytan hastiness in rushing is from the shaytan so nothing nothing's gonna come quick easy we live in a microwave society where you put it in the microwave it comes out in a few seconds or a couple of minutes no it's something that's long term it's something that has to marinate it's something that's gonna take struggle sacrifice it's not an easy road it's you gotta reach for the stars with this so it's something's gonna come you know, along the way, long term, it's a long path, it's a long range journey. He said the path is long, so you should constantly advise yourself this, the youth. <clears throat> Therefore advising himself with firmness. He said because the jinnah is surrounded with deception and the nar is surrounded with desires. And I added a footnote because the Shaykh, Rahimahullah, he's referring to a narration of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Where the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned That The Jannah Is surrounded with difficulties And I'm sorry I didn't Translate that particular hadith I just put the Arabic and then I thought I translated it But he said that the Jannah Is surrounded with difficulties And The Nar Is surrounded with Shahawat Desires Desires So the message of Allah Sallallahu Said in Bukhari and Muslim This is the Shaykh is referencing to Where he said that the, the Jannah is surrounded with deception And the Nar is surrounded with desires Because the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Said in the hadith is found in Bukhari and Muslim That the Jannah is surrounded with Difficulties or dislike things And the the nar is surrounded with desires. What is meant by this is that 
It's not that the Jannah has things that are disliked. No. It means that it is a difficult task. You have to do things that goes against your desires, yourself, that may not be pleasing to it. In order to get the Jannah. You have to sacrifice a lot in this life. It's not easy. The Jannah is expensive. It's not something that, you know, you just get just because you, you wish it or you hope for it, you desire it. It's osmosis. Something's going to fall from the sky. No. Jinnah is expensive. Like you can't get a, a, a mansion here without working hard for it. You have to work hard to get it. You're going to pay some money. Even now, a regular house. I don't know about here, but I know on the East Coast, the prices have skyrocketed. You know, especially in certain areas. Remember one time, you know, when I was young, and definitely the Sheikh was young, it, I mean, you can get a house for $40,000. You know, now you can't even find a house in my area for of under two, three, 300000 starting out. Starting out. You know, 300,000, you know, you talk about easy, average range, a million dollars, where I'm at. You know, so, so that's expensive. What about the Jannah? This is the dunya. This is no, that's the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said that this dunya has no weight with Allah, no significance with Allah. It's insignificant. It's like the, 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 the wing of a gnat, has no value. Right? This is why the, the kafir have everything here, but in the akhirah, they have nothing. Not even a drop of water. Not even a drop of water. Right? But here they can have it all. But in the akhirah, the true believer, he may not have nothing here. But he's going to have everything, or she's going to have everything their hearts desire. So the shaykh said, this path is long. It's a tedious path. Something that you should train yourself in. Yourself should whisper to it. Let you know that you should be firm. Because the jinn is surrounded with deception. Surrounded with things that are unpleasurable. Right? But the Jannah, I mean, but the, but the Nar, the Hellfire, is surrounded with things of Shahawat, right? Desires. Surrounded with the things that your, that your soul loves. Overeating. Because overeating is not from Islam. It's why the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, Leave a third for water, a third for air. So you eat your food, right? One third. Water, one third. And then the other last third of your, your belly, leave it for air. This is why you find all these. Companies making Pepto-Bismol and all this kind of things because people don't follow the Sunnah. If, they, if, they, if we follow the Sunnah, there'd be no need for certain medications. But it's a need for those type of medications they make millions of dollars upon. Because why? Because people don't, don't have no understanding about the Sunnah. Because they overeat. They overstuff themselves. And they can't even breathe because they, they didn't leave that third open for that breath. Like the messenger said, for that air. So they can't, they can't do it. <clears throat> so... The, 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 the hellfire is surrounded with those desires of overeating and sexual desires and all kinds of haram, right? But the, the reality is that when a person goes to the next life, then they're going to see that the hellfire is even worth it. Those things that they thought were, you know, pleasurable in this life, they're going to find that it, was, it wasn't worth it. And, and those believers who struggled here and gave up the haram, all the pleasurable things, and they may, may find it difficult at times, say, man, why well, have to do this? But on Yom Qiyamah, they're going to realize that it was worth it. It was worth it. The scholars say there are two things that lead a person astray, the students of knowledge. There are two things, shuahat wa shahawat. Because the Sheikh said that the hellfire is covered with desires. I'm going to translate that. The hellfire is covered with desires. It's one of the things Sheikh mentioned. The scholars say the thing that leads the student of knowledge astray is shahawat, desires. 
and shubahat, doubts. Shahawat, desires, and shubahat, doubts. These two things lead the student of knowledge astray. And we mentioned something yesterday, Ibn, Ibn, Ibn Al-Qiyyim, who died in 751 after the Hijrah, who was a student of Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, Rahimahullah, who died in 728 after the Hijrah. Ibn Al-Qayyim, Rahimahullah, said there are four things that lead a person astray. Four things. One is the desires. The desires. Shahawat. Two, the people. The people. Three, the shaitan. The shaitan. And four, the dunya. The worldly life. As for the desires, he said, you treat it harsh. Meaning you treat yourself in a harsh manner. So for instance, you fast. You do things of this nature. You do things that help you to cool down those desires. <clears throat> As for the people... He said, you abstain from them. You stay away from them. <clears throat> Meaning those who are going to lead you astray. As for the dunya, he said, you be indifferent to it. Don't seek it. Don't crave it. And as for the shaitan, he said, you seek refuge in Allah. And the last but not least that the shaykh mentioned, he said, six. About this youth. That he stays far from the companions of evil. Even if it was a prior companion. Because the evil companionship has a negative effect on him. And due to this, the Prophet wasallam said, The evil sitting is like the blower of bellows. Meaning the blacksmith. Either he burns your clothing, or either you find a smell from him that is offensive. And the brother, he printed out the whole narration, and I put it there in the bottom, but I didn't translate it. When Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, he said, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مثل الجالس الصالح وجالس السوء كمثل صاحب المسك. وكير الهدادي لا يعدمك من صاحب المسك. إما تشتري تشتريه أو تجيد ريحة وكير الحداد يحرك بدنك أو ثوبك أو تجيد منه ريحا خبيثة. So he says that here Abu Musa al-Ashari رضي الله تعالى عنه that Allah's Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said the example of a good companion who sits with you, in comparison with a bad one, is like that of the musk seller and the blacksmith's bellows or the furnace. From the, from the first you would either buy musk or enjoy its good smell, while the bellows would either burn your clothes or your house, or you get a bad, nasty smell thereof. So, the Messenger of Allah gave an example, and this is how Allah would do in the Qur'an, give examples. Because the examples, they, they bring a vivid picture in our minds and make things clear. So he said that the 
good companions like the seller of misk, that nice fragrance we love, no matter what it may be. When you go into a shop, even though you don't buy anything, you come out smelling good just by being in the presence of that oil uh, seller, that misk seller. And the one who blows on the bellows or the blacksmith. If you go in this shop, although you don't buy anything, the soot, you know, the smell and the those things come out on your clothing. You can smell it. So, likewise, the companion, the evil companion, the good companion. So you must choose the right companion. So with that, we're going to close out and say that Subhanak Allahumma yamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Anything we say correct from Allah, from Allah alone, anything we say from mistake, it's from myself and the shaitan. Barakallahu feekum.